Bermuda lawn dominators get the grass you need. All four tenants, low water, fertilizing weed. Your go-to stop just to help your lawn. You'll be proud to walk outside to see the change that's undergone. Bermuda lawn dominators. Let's go greener together. Welcome back to the Bermuda Lawn Dominators podcast, where we continue our journey towards achieving the perfect lawn. In this episode, we're going to dive into the art of mowing and share some tips and techniques and best practices, at least things that we found to be good practices. And we're going to try to elevate your mowing game to new heights. And that's not all we're going to do. We're also going to talk about the lawn calendar. So what should you do and when? I think both those things are very important. First, before we do all that, we're going to talk about a lawn beer. Welcome to the Lawn Beer of the Week, where we motivate your lawn care with a side of hoppy happiness. Join us as we sip on refreshing brews that pair perfectly with tending to your lawn. Get ready to enjoy some grassy goodness and raise a glass to a lawn well done. Lawn Beer of the Week. All right. Your favorite part. My favorite part. Yeah. What do we got? So today we have the D-O-G. And it's oh, D-O-G, yeah. D-O-G. Yeah. It's from Red Horn Brewing Company, and it's in uh, Cedar Park, Texas. That That's just right down the road from us. Oh, yeah, here. it sure yeah. is. Yeah. So, and this is a hazy I, uh, American Pale Ale. Okay. So, um, it's 5.5 ABV, so it's a little higher than the one we tried last week. Yeah. But it's still not that high, and oh. it's supposed to be fruity. Uh, a lot of people compare it to juice too, so you may like that. But anyway, oh, yeah. it should be a good, a good beer on a hot day. After you get through mowing the lawn, you want to sit back and look at all that you've done. Look at your uh, dominating lawn and enjoy. <laughs> it a sounds nice, like a great cool beer for beer. that. Yeah. So go ahead. We're gonna, yeah, perfect. I'll open mine up here too. Now, I know this is kind of stretching for you. You. Yeah, I don't like a lot of beers. This one looks kind of on the light side. Yeah. I can smell it. I mean, it's got a strong, uh, fruity smell. Yeah, it does. Yeah. A lot of the pale L's are, are like that. And it's not my favorite, but it's okay. I could drink a glass. If I ordered it, I would drink the whole thing and then order something different. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't pass yeah. it over to somebody else to drink. Yeah, I I like it. And I, this is actually my first time to taste this one. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, picked out something that I thought would look good for summer. And so... Um, well, I love the name. Is, yeah. Yeah, the D-O-G. Well, it's a good beer. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure many people would like it. And it's not horrible. I don't... I'm not a beer connoisseur. So, I'm pretty simple when it comes to beers. So, let's get into this week's show. We're going to talk about mowing. I think uh, that's an area a lot of people struggle with, with Bermuda. How... How much Bermuda needs to be mowed? How low it needs to be mowed? How right. often it needs to be mowed? Yeah, they're all big things. So I, this time of year, we were in the beginning of or the, yeah, beginning of summer. Uh, my lawn typically starts to slow down a little bit because of the heat stress, and so I'm not having to mow quite as often. But normally, I still I'm still mowing twice a week though. Yeah. And Bermuda wants to be mowed at least probably every minimum of every four days at the minimum. So that's what I'm trying to do is for every four to five days, Wednesdays and Saturdays is what I've been doing. Yeah. 
My my old lawn, um, where I had the Bermuda in the backyard, I was mowing it um, most of the time three times a week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, until I did I did use the PGR that you gave me, and it kind of slowed down a little bit. But um, I was most of the time it was three three days a week. Um, but that and that was after I really learned about Bermuda. You know, starting oh, out. Yeah. You know, you mow on Saturdays. That's what everybody does. Yep. You, you know, you mow once a week yep. on your day off, get out there and mow it. And then um, whenever I was trying to, to get the Bermuda to spread, and that's whenever I really got into, you know, seeing how often it needed to be mowed and <clears throat> checking the, the height of the cut, too, because that was something else that I never really paid that much attention to, you know. Yeah, just whatever it came preset from Walmart. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's where yeah. Or I'd set it in the middle. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I always did. I set it in the middle. Yeah. So I figured it wasn't too high, wasn't too short. You know, I know a lot of guys out there that don't really care that much or set it as low as it'll go and just you know scalp their lawn every week. Yeah, absolutely. So they. Well, you know, I, I for years, most of my life, maybe, I thought the height was. Uh, you set it based on how often you wanted to mow. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yes. If you didn't want to mow very often, you said it really you set low. It high. Yeah, you said it low. low. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then you could go a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my my lawn would be brown no matter what it was. Saint Augustine, right. Bermuda. I didn't know the difference in the grasses anyway. But yeah, all I and mostly my 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 lawn was weeds before I got into it anyway. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Right. And every once in a while, I'd get motivated and I go out there and pull some weeds but it, it was irrelevant because I wasn't doing anything to take care of the weeds but Bermuda wants to be mowed very often and very short so that was the other thing I was missing when I first started was I was mowing it with just a regular rotary mower and set on medium somewhere and I was chopping off all the green every week yeah making it brown every time I mowed it yeah. and everybody else in the neighborhood did too we just yeah. all thought that's the way it was supposed to be and blamed it on the heat. That's exactly what we did. Blame it on the heat. <laughs> it's, grass is turning brown because it's so hot. Yep. You get stressed after you mow it and it turns brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, but I've learned. So now I keep mine in about a about a half inch, three quarters of an inch in the front yard. Yeah, so I keep the backyard a little higher because I, I mow it with the riding mower and um, it just doesn't go that low. And with the riding mower having such a big deck on it, it scalps real easy, so yeah. I don't have any high spots. So I keep that mode a little bit higher, um, but it looks really good. You know, I, I watch um, How To With Doc on YouTube, and he he does his backyard as well with a uh, riding lawnmower. And I, I kind of took his advice on what riding lawnmower to get, and I, I've got a John Deere. He's got four scalping wheels on the mower decks, so it works very well. It's probably the best mower, riding mower for a Bermuda lawn if you're going to keep it up a little bit higher. But it's probably right at two inches. It was a little high, but it works pretty well for the backyard. Front yard, though, I'm mowing it with a reel, keeping it about three-quarters of an inch, and mowing it about twice a week. Yeah, even the – so I had common Bermuda before, and that I would mow it – I kept it a little higher. It was a little over an inch. Mm-hmm. and But I was still mowing that often, two to three days every week. And, um, and I started off with just the, the rotary mower 
And then I bought a manual reel over that mm -hmm. I started using um, the second season in to really having it nice. This whenever I got that. But you know, I have the new sod right now that was just laid a month ago mm -hmm. at the most. And um, it, it needs to be mowed twice a week now. But oh, I don't have a mower right, <laughs> right now. Yeah, you're so still waiting on your mower I'm to come in. I'm still waiting on my mower to come in. So um, I'm just mowing it once a week now. But I, I just mowed Sunday and I was looking at it. Um, and it needs mowing again today for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about real versus a rotary mower. So I started off with the rotary mower. And after I got a handle on mowing often and my watering was doing good and I started kind of in my fertilizing and was taking care of the weeds, I kind of started feeling like I needed something a little bit better than the the rotary because I, I just couldn't mow as low as I wanted to because that, that rotary mower will scalp in places where you have high spots mm -hmm. and I haven't I, I hadn't uh, leveled my lawn at all at that point, so I, I definitely had some high spots. And I ended up buying a um, California trimmer off of Craigslist or Craigslist or Marketplace or somewhere. I got a really good deal on it. I used that for quite a while. Now I use a Swordman, and I really like it. It's been a great mower. Um, it's still a great mower. I use it in that thing is very quiet and runs uh, very smoothly. With just mowing my front yard, I'm able to get a couple seasons without having to sharpen very often. I, I do a little bit of uh, adjusting myself. But what do you think? This is going to be your first time having a real mower. Yeah. Um, a powered real powered mower. Powered real mower, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. you have the experience with that manual real mower. What would you, I mean, yeah, what what, would, what do you think about that? Well, it, it made a difference. I could definitely tell a difference in in the lawn using the manual reel versus the, the rotary. Mm -hmm. um, I was in better shape too because, you know, I was pushing that thing oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> three times a week back and forth. That's the motivation <laughs> to get a powered one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah and I, have a, I had a small lawn back then. But yeah, so this is my first time. I remember whenever you got that California trimmer and you, you showed it to me and I, I was like, why do, you, why do you want this, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, the neighbors sure look at you funny when yeah. you first start off, and, <laughs> and they think you're the weirdo with the, yeah. lawn, the the lawn nerd over there. But after they start seeing the results that you get with the real mower, then all of a sudden they they start looking at them too. Right, exactly. Yeah, and so that's that's what I'm hoping. I have a I have a lot more yard to mow now, and so I went ahead and I ordered a California trimmer, but it's taken a while to get in. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what a difference that will make. I've been mowing with a, I've been renting rotary mowers to mow with right now. So, yeah, are they electric or the gas or whatever? They're gas. Gas. Yeah. And I wonder if you could, I don't even know if you can rent the electric ones. But I don't know. I haven't tried an electric, so I'd be curious about anybody's experience using an electric rotary. Mm -hmm. I know my son has an electric rotary but he he doesn't concentrate on his lawn right now so he just he, he's kind of like i was just get it done and move on because he's got other stuff going on but i'd be curious about other people's experience with an electric rotary yeah i would too and i even looked into electric uh real mowers you know just oh, yeah? to start out yeah just see you know they're they're a little less expensive 
And I thought maybe, you know, that, that would be my inter- introduction into a uh, powered reel mower. But, mm-hmm. you know, after looking at them and, and I told my wife, cause you know, I, I, when we moved, I didn't even take the lawnmower that I had. I didn't even bring it with me. So I told her, I was like, you know, right off the bat, we need to get a lawnmower. And I said, I'll get one of these electric reel mowers. They're not that expensive. Um, that will get me through this season. And she's like, go ahead and get what you're going to get. Don't spend money on a, on an electric reel mower and then buy a, a gasoline mower the next year. That, that doesn't make any sense. Well, is she concerned or were you concerned that the electric one just wouldn't be as powerful? Yeah. And also most of them that I looked at and maybe someone out there can, can steer me in the right direction, but most of them I looked at didn't, um, the height of cut wasn't as low as a lot of the powered ones, uh, the gasoline ones. Some of these regular manufacturers that we've had for years are making them in electric. I don't know who all has them. I know Swordman offers an electric. Oh, do they? It's the exact same mower deck that I have. Oh, okay. It's just got an electric mower on the top with a um, lithium-ion battery. Yeah, and that that I may have been just looking at the ones that were the least expensive too you know yeah, like the green the, works or something the green works the sun yeah. joe's those yeah and those are fine and, to start off with I, yeah. I think especially if you have a small yard it'd probably be great yeah for a small yard um i kind of wish i had an electric just um because I, I had to replace the carburetor on mine this year because yeah. I, I left some gasoline in the carburetor over the winter and it crystallized i guess so it would be an advantage i guess to have the electric just not to have those those issues but then replacing the batteries if you have to do that that gets expensive but i would be curious about other people's experience with those yeah so what did you end up buying you bought a california trimmer yeah and what what accessories did you get with it uh the only thing that i got with it was the i got the the grass catcher and the grooved roller yeah i think that's smart so and i did a little research actually on the um, bermuda lawn dominators facebook page about the grooved versus smooth roller to see which one I, I really wanted. What did people say, so, have to say about it? Uh, most people recommended the groove. That's what so, I have too. Yeah. yeah, I like it. And and I did a little research outside of that that you know, talking about how the the grooves let the grass stand up more than the smooth, and and so you get a better cut yeah. with those. So. Yeah, and that has a does that have a single reel across the or a roller across the back or anything to like help the grass lay down yeah. after you mow it uh-huh. it does so, so for to help with striping right yeah, should yeah. should clarify but you know going back to striping a little bit now the real mowers will stripe really well um bermuda doesn't stripe for long it seems like mine only lasts a few hours to be honest maybe maybe um one day but i don't i don't even think it's that long when i was doing a rotary mower i had um got me some pvc and put some sand in it and had to dragging that behind the mower and that helped Mm -hmm. a little bit but of course i was mowing a little higher the mower i have the swordman has a solid wheel across the back right so that rolls all that grass down and if you don't know the striping comes from the grass laying down and the sun hitting it differently so whatever you have to lay the grass down in a direction when you're mowing um is what will help you um, get that striping and the heavier that device is. So like you were using that manual reel, mm-hmm. could you get striping with that at I all? Could, I didn't get striping, no. I wouldn't think so, no. yeah. So with the with my Swordman and with the California trimmer I had, I got pretty good striping. 
and that a lot of that has to do with the heavy engine. And- yeah, I noticed that um, I, a lot of people with the Earthwise are getting a roller from a conveyor company. I don't know if oh, you've seen yeah. that on the Facebook yeah, I saw page. That. Yeah, yeah, and that seems there's a certain model that seems to fit those lawnmowers just right and so they'll they'll put a front roller on the earthwise manual and that seems to be working out for them pretty well but the the manual that i had didn't have a roller at all so well if if you don't have a roller my california trimmer i bought didn't have a roller so i i went online and i ordered from real rollers and that's a, a friend of mine a guy i know is lee purcell that owns that and runs that it's out in Georgia, but they sell rollers for just about every mower. So they're available out there. If you don't have a, a roller and you want to get that striping, you can reach out to him or use the, uh, like Jason said, look on the um, Facebook page and see where people are getting the, the what did you call it? The It's it's like for, it's like a conveyor. Oh yeah. Conveyor. Company. Yeah. Rollers. And uh, they, the, the people that are ordering them have the model number and everything listed. So you can just look that up and, in order to and what mowers company. is that fitting? It's the Earthwise, the manual. Oh, the Earthwise. Earth, you said yeah. that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And I bet you it's probably a little cheaper than the... Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it is. I wonder yeah. if it's heavy enough, though. No, I mean, no. It doesn't need to be heavy if even the mower is heavy, but... Right. Yeah. Well, that's a, a lot of the mowing that I do is... I've kind of got it down now. So I mow twice a week. I mow... I change up my direction. That's something else we, we didn't talk about. I try to mow perpendicular to the last time I mowed. Sometimes I get a little lazy and I get in my routine and mow just the same direction. But and I can see it after a little while, the ruts that are starting to develop in the lawn. So sometimes I'm mowing a 45, but I know there's a certain direction I mow because of the way the sun sets that I get better striping. Better stripes, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I tend to try to stay in that direction yeah. mostly. What other aspects of mowing do we need to talk about here i think we've covered most everything i can think of is the height the how often you know um the direction yeah i think one one thing and i don't know that we've we've said it specifically but whenever you're mowing that the reason that you mow so often is you don't want to cut off too much of that grass blade yeah because um like the example that skip gave last week was that Bermuda is like a tree where it's brown on the bottom and green on the top. And if, if you're mowing once a week, then most of the time you're cutting all the green off. Yeah. So you don't want to cut more than one third of that uh, blade height off at a time, or you're going to be cutting all the green and you're going to be left with a brown yard. Yeah. And a lot of the guys online, uh, the, the YouTube guys that you can listen to and stuff, they'll tell you the one third rule. I try to even less than that, to be honest, if I can, yeah. Cause I don't like to bag. So, yeah. cause then I got to find a place to dump it. And so I try to mow it le- more often with smaller and I just let it go in the, um, in the grass. So I don't have to bag it. Yeah. Another thing I notice about whenever you low it, mow it low is that you're, and often like that, you're not having to edge quite as much. No, unless I put the PGR down. Right, and then it starts spreading it's everywhere. Spreading everywhere, yeah. yeah. And I'll yeah. start getting runners out on the driveway. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I only have to edge maybe once a month. 
And that is probably, I probably yeah. should mow a little, I mean, edge a little bit more often than that, but it's probably about once a month is the yeah. when I do it. When it gets bad enough that it bothers me, it right. takes about a month. <laughs> so I, I don't enjoy the edging that much. No. I enjoy the mow, but not the edging. Yeah, I'm the same way. The edging and weed eating and all of that isn't. Isn't the fun part? No, and I've always enjoyed mowing. Even it was my job as a kid to mow the lawn. I used to draw pictures in the lawn. Of course, back then, um, people didn't care that much about lawns, or at least where we lived, nobody did. So it would be uh, ankle high before anybody made me go mow it. I I mean, I would have mowed it more often if I'd thought about it on my own. But I I was a kid, so I didn't think about it. But yeah, I'd draw pictures and stuff out there. So I guess I've had this in my blood since I was very little. But right. I just didn't have any direction and now now with the information that's out there and the availability of information we everybody can have a nice lawn and learn as much as they want you can pretty much exactly. become what yeah. would have been an expert in the 70s you can become mm. one of those overnight with the, the information that's out there yeah i just i remember my dad's struggle with the lawn planting yep. different types of grass and all that and it was i mean he wanted a nice lawn but he had Huge trees in the yard, so a lot of shade, and it it was a struggle for him. But the information wasn't out there readily available. He's relying on his old, you know, his childhood farm days of yeah, <laughs> how to grow yeah, exactly. stuff, you know. Yeah, or but, a, a guy down the street who got lucky and, and got some good fertilizer and things. Right. Yeah, and he, he's bragging to everybody how to do the lawn, but yeah. All right, we want to shout out to a couple of our uh, contributors on the Bermuda Lawn Dominators Facebook page. Um, some of the top contributors that we have. The first one is Stephen Franco, and about a week ago he put uh, a couple pictures of his lawn on May 15th and then his lawn that morning. And he said that uh, he stuck to the Bermuda, Bi- Bermuda Bible Basics and did a sand level, and then he went from a Honda uh, rotary mower to a California trimmer and he's maintaining it at half an inch now and the pictures show a huge difference in the, oh, yeah. Amazing in the lawn. Yeah. yeah. It looks awesome. It, it's kind of that difference between going from a rotary to the, to the, to the real. real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the other one we have here is Michael Vargas out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, Michael, we appreciate you being one of the top contributors and uh, you made a post here about maintaining your piece of the pie, the little, front section between your house and the neighbor's house and it looks awesome you can really see that domination line between between you and the neighbors it's a uh yours looks like a golf green actually almost looks like artificial turf it looks so good and um of course the neighbors is all high up there but uh not even they're not even competing with you at all the great great posts guys and i I appreciate appreciate every one of you and uh, a lot of top contributors in our group so appreciate everybody that puts their lawns out there and their advice out there we've got a really good group of folks that are very encouraging and easy to uh, ask questions and get advice from appreciate that so we're going to move into a lawn calendar do you have a lawn calendar i have a lawn calendar of sorts yes yeah (laughs) if you don't know what i'm talking about just a calendar of what needs to be done throughout the year yeah you can go to the some of the university's websites. That's that, what I did. Yeah. That's usually the best place to get go to the closest university to where you live. I checked uh, Texas A and M. They got all kinds of articles on lawn maintenance, Bermuda mm-hmm. lawns, St. Augustine lawns, 
and they, they give all kinds of advice. There's also some great videos out there. How to with doc has a really good one. Uh, lawn care nut has a really good one. Um, the lawn tools, uh, they've got a really good one that breaks all this stuff down, mm-hmm. but we're going to cover it here just a little bit. And let's start with the winter because that's probably the easiest, slowest time of the year. Um, so I'm talking, you know, where we're at, we're South Texas, but across the country mostly. I mean, it's, it's December, January, February is going to be the coldest winter or coldest part of the winter. So I don't do a whole lot for winter. I do some pre-emergent because you do get those winter weeds. The grass is completely dormant, so you don't have to do a whole lot. The one thing I have done is use glyphosate, Roundup, for the weeds when the lawn is dormant in that time of year. I wouldn't, if, if you're not 100% confident that your lawn is dormant, in January, February, you can be fairly confident. But if you're not 100% confident, don't use Roundup on your lawn. But it does work. I have done it in the winter just for any weeds that popped up. And that's pretty much all I'm doing in the winter. Make sure you put a good pre-emergent down. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's important. I've yeah. learned that lesson with my old lawn yeah. about the pre-emergent. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, I have often not put anything down because I get a little lazy towards the end of fall, and then I I don't put anything down in um, November, December, no pre-emergent, and then I'm paying for it in January, and my lawn is completely dormant except for a few of the winter weeds that pop up, so, but get your pre-emergent down and, you know, towards the end of the year so you're covered through the winter, but then... You go rolling into March, April in the spring, and when the lawn first comes out of dormancy, that's kind of your busiest time of the year. March and April, getting ready for that spring green up. So your pre-emergence are once a quarter, so generally I'm doing a pre-emergent again. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, right as I'm fairly confident there's no more freezes, of course we always get that. Mm last minute freeze that right. we, we think we're out of it and then there it surprises you yeah. yeah but once i'm out of that cycle i get a pre-emergent down and then i start that's this is when you want to start scalping right your lawn now did you scalp that lawn you had before yes yeah. i did now, how low would you go when you scalped as well as low as, <laughs> as low as, as that rotary mower would go yeah and it i would um usually scalp it with the rotary you know i had the the manual mm-hmm. reel too, but I would use the rotary on the lowest setting and just yeah. go. Yeah, a so, rotary is really good for scalping. Yeah. yeah. And I use the riding lawnmower even in the front yard to scalp. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing. I just go as low as I can. I also, also will dethatch. If I'm going to dethatch that year, that's the time of year I'll do it. So I dethatch and scalp at the same time. Um, and then. You know, the first year I did it, the neighbors just knew I'd screwed up my lawn because it looked like dirt. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, I told them, just hold on. It'll come back. <laughs> they didn't believe me. But right. a few months later, they were they were believing me. So, yeah. So, spring, that's when you start getting that stuff. Um, you start getting your lawn ready. So, you also want to fertilize early in spring. And, and once the grass starts growing, you start seeing those green tips. I get fertilizer on it. Then I'm fertilizing every four to six weeks with an organic. If you're not using organic, the chemicals you might have to adjust that time frame. But usually every four to six weeks, I'm I'm putting fertilizer down, starting about that time. 
and then I, I adjust my mower. So that's, that's something else about your calendar, right? So there's about four different times a year where you adjust your mower. So you scalp, you go in the lowest you can go. And then, and then you move that up a, a notch or two or, you know, a quarter inch or a half inch, whatever you're going to be mowing at for the rest of the year. And then there's two other times, and we'll talk about those as we get into the other seasons. But those are the first two times that you adjust your mowers. Uh, let's see what else. Um, so then we moving in. So I guess we could talk about how much fertilizer too. So the A&M website that I was looking at talked about putting about half a pound to one pound of nitrogen down per thousand square feet. Hmm. So I won't get into the math here. There's plenty of YouTube channels and uh, other sources where you can go and figure out the math. Right. Uh, um, once you get it down, you kind of get an understanding for the with the fertilizer you're using. It's it's pretty simple, but it's that initial figuring out exactly what you need. Yeah, that's when it's good to know exactly how much square footage you have of yeah. lawn. Yes. And that's something to talk about as, as well with this with your calendar. It's good to know your square footage of every section of your lawn just so you can do those calculations. Um, Alan Hain does some really good videos on how to figure that out. I used a one of those measuring wheels and went around and, and measured all my lawn. I made a little map of the whole lawn so I knew exactly how much I needed for each section. Now, some guys, when they... Instead of um, scalping, they actually burn the lawn. Have you ever tried that? I've never tried that, but I've seen some pictures of that on the on the Facebook page yeah, where people were burning it. Yeah. yeah, when I was a kid, they would burn the uh, wheat fields off. Yeah. And, uh, always came back real well. I've thought about trying it, but it's always been so dry here that time of year, um, and, and so I haven't done it. And it's a big lawn, so... It would take yeah. quite a while. It's just easier, faster to scalp. But I would be interested right. in trying to burn it, maybe. Yeah, I would too. Um, but I've always lived in a place where, you know, that wasn't an option. You know, mm -hmm. you couldn't burn yeah. your lawn in the middle of the city limits there. So. Oh, the, yeah. So then we're moving into summer time. We're talking May, June, July, August, Those that time. Really, I just keep going with the fertilizer. Every four to six weeks, I'm putting fertilizer down. I may be slowing down a little bit in July and August. It's so hot here. Right. And, it, and it's the lawn's starting to burn, and so I, I'm not... It, and usually, it starts kind of going dormant a little bit because of the heat stress. And right. So, it's, it's not growing as much, so I, I don't want to push that growth when the heat stress is so high. Yeah, I just try to keep it watered and try to keep it alive, try to keep it somewhat green, I, it's very expensive to try to keep it really green. I, I have done that one year, but I probably won't ever do that again. It was very expensive to keep the water going as much as you need when it's 100 degrees out there. But in the summer is when you start getting the the issues, right? The bugs. Right. Grubs. Yes. So I had grubs one year. Horrible. Oh, yeah, I bet. I've, uh, haven't had too much problem with the insects. Um, I have had uh, fungus before. Oh yeah, and fungus is a big one in the summer as well. Yeah. So, what did you do to treat the fungus? I just I went to the Facebook page actually and searched <laughs> yeah. for what to put down on it and ordered some uh, fungicide. I guess is yeah. what you call it from from uh, 
it may be, it may be, may have been, um, that do it yourself lawn. Oh, do my own, do, do my own lawn. That's it. Do yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's where I got it from. Yeah. If I remember right. But anyway, I used that and it took care of it. Yeah. I've used do my own quite a bit. Um, do my own.com for some things, but to be honest for fungicides, you can generally just go to the big box stores and find something yeah. and it would be specific. Usually not always check the label. It'll usually be specific for your area, but I have bought stuff, got it home and when I was first starting out and look at it and it's like not even for the right type yeah. of grass. Don't so, you don't use it on Bermuda or right. Southern lawns. Right. Or, yeah, not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not for use of Southern lawns. Right. And that's happened. So just make sure you're reading the label while you're standing in the store before you leave with it. Make sure you know what you're looking for. Yeah. The, um, the grubs that I had, it wasn't the grubs that were so bad. I mean, it was ter- They were eating up the roots and stuff and that's what they do. It was the armadillos that were oh, coming. Oh, they from. were eating the grubs. They were digging <laughs> up my lawn all yeah. over. And if you've ever tried to catch an armadillo, you got to trap them. And you can't, there, there's no bait that'll work for them. So you just, they, you just have to corral them into a, a trap. And it's in the middle of the night. So the only way to corral them is to figure out where they're maybe coming in under a fence or something. Mm-hmm. And if you put the trap there. And that's what we did that summer. We caught, me and my neighbors, between me and five of my neighbors, we caught 12 armadillos. Oh, wow. We rehomed them all. But yeah. Yeah, take them out to the other side of the interstate so that they, <laughs> they can't possibly come back. Let those people <laughs> worry about them. Yeah, exactly. It was, out, it was out in the country. So, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, that was the worst year I had with um, any bugs. I, I generally haven't had any bug problems with that year. It was pretty yeah. Rough. I always get worried and try to do preventive maintenance with the bugs whenever, especially when I see people having issues with like the army worms and the grubs and, yes. and things like that. It kind of scares me. Yeah. And, Cause it, it's like some of, some of them it's overnight, you know, they're like, I went away for two days and I came back and half my lawn is dead. Yes. Yeah. So that will put the fear in you. Yeah, it will. So. It, it, yeah, sometimes reading through the Facebook page, you're like, oh, does, does my lawn have this issue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the other thing that you have in the summer are the weeds that pop up. Right. So a lot of like dollar spot, I think, asparagus, mm-hmm. uh, those tend to pop up. And I have made, I, I may have mentioned it last week, I've made a mistake with uh, my spot spraying in the summer. So you don't want to spot spray when it's hot. And I didn't realize that several years ago, three maybe three years ago, and I spot sprayed the front yard, and I think I talked about that last week. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't go into it too much, but uh, just be aware that if you spot spray and it's really hot, it will um, <clears throat> burn the line. So just either do it super early in the morning, and I did do it early in the morning, but I guess it still got to it. Yeah, so you want to make sure it's under eighty-five degrees when you do it. And to be honest, I. I don't know that I would do it if it's getting in the hundreds at all right. that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's one thing that I've worried about some in the, in the summer, you know, you, you look at the, like the two forty. you know, you can't do it when it's super hot. And then, um, and then some of the weed killers, you know, you don't want to use whenever the grass is dormant either. You know, yeah. you want to wait till it's growing before you can use it. And, and so it, sometimes it's a fine line between, you know, in the times, you know, you want your grass growing, but you don't want the temperature to be super hot. Yeah. And, but I, I also follow that, 
that's what I used was the Texas A&M calendar. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I noticed that they, I was reading over it earlier today and they, they said, you know, if you're going to spot spray the weeds in the summer to do it early in the morning. And once the summer's here, you should be kind of in the swing of things, right? So you're mowing every three to four days, you putting your fertilizer down every four to six weeks and spot spraying as you need, uh, taking care of any things that pop up. But really we kind of view the 4th of July as our showpiece, right? The right. time to showcase the lawn. And, and that's what I try to do. I try to really get the lawn ready to go by 4th of July. And the front lawn's looking pretty good. It's, it's a little hot here. So, but in the summer, you're just kind of, you should be in good swing of things and just kind of maintaining. There shouldn't be a whole lot to do other than mow and, um, and, and cover anything that comes up. But then you move into September, October. You start getting into early fall. And down here in South Texas, sometimes that summer stretches into September. And maybe even oh yeah in usually October, into, right yeah, September yeah definitely into September and even into October it's not till the end of October where we start cooling off at all right. where it starts getting cooler but by then um, I just I'm continuing to fertilize and then I'm starting to, this is the next time I, ra- I I change the height on my mower mm-hmm. I start I start raising it as a, as the temperatures start cooling in the fall I start raising it because I don't want super short grass all winter. So, right. and the reason is mostly for looks, to be honest. There's no, I don't think there's any real scientific reason, but it, yeah. I think it just looks better to have a nice clean cut dormant lawn that's a little, got a little bit of height on it. Right. So the, the super short dormant doesn't look that good. So that's what I start doing, just to give it some height. Now, some people say it's good to insulate the um, the roots. And maybe, right. Maybe it does. I don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, know how much it does either. Yeah, I don't know but. that it, I don't know that it really does. We don't really have a frost line here in South Texas anyway. Right. So um, so it's really not an issue. But then pre-emergent, this is another time where you want to get your pre-emergent down and get it um, get it out in the fall so that you're not having issues through uh, Christmas or so. So September, October should take you through December, somewhere in there for your with your weed. But there's not a whole lot to do. I mean, you're just kind of maintaining, fertilized, spot spraying weeds or taking care of any issues that come up and then just a pre-emergent yeah i really like that the texas a&m if you can find a good university one close to where you live um the the thing i like about that one is it tells you on each of the four tenants you know the mowing the weeding uh watering and feeding i mean water and weed (laughs) so mow Mow, water water Fertilize, fertilize weed weed yes. that's it yes yeah those are the, the four, four tenants yeah it tells you exactly what to do f- with all four, four of those yeah through each season so and it tells you even you know um it recommends a soil test so you know exactly what you need but if you don't do it says if you don't do a soil test then we recommend this fertilizer you yeah. know the you know a high nitrogen or or whatever mm-hmm for each, you know, it gives you a recommendation for each season too when when you're fertilizing. Did you do a soil test in your last yard? I did not. No. I don't know that they're not, I don't know. I, I don't want to say they're overrated. It, it does give you some information. I did the soil savvy one off of Amazon mm-hmm. and I've done it twice. But really I've found that if I put an organic out there, it's taking care of the lawn just fine. And, right. you know, if you're having really, if you're really struggling with something and you, 
you just can't figure out what the problem is, that's probably when I would turn to a soil test. Yeah, but I agree. Generally speaking, I probably wouldn't recommend anybody even bother. I mean, unless you're just curious and want mm-hmm. to do it. But the the general maintenance will take care of it. So take the the fear and the anxiety out of of doing a um, soil test or any of these super advanced things and just put a good organic fertilizer down and you'll probably be fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If I had something come up or, you know, there was an area of my yard that wasn't growing or, you know, I was just struggling all over, then I probably would, would turn to a soil test just to see if something, what was going on. But I agree. I did, I didn't do the soil test and I just followed the, the calendar and, and did the fertilizing and the weed control, watering and mowing and it, and it worked out fine for me. The other thing I find is probably not as necessary as people say is uh, is the aerating. It, it depends on the soil that you have. Down here we have sandy loam. It's not a clay soil. If you're in a clay soil, you probably do need to do it more because it gets compacted. And I understand that. But down here, it doesn't really get compacted. And to be honest, mo- my house is mostly backfill soil that they brought in anyway. Um because my house was sitting about five feet above the natural grade, so it's about five foot of soil height-wise on the front. In the back, not as much, but even where I don't have backfill, the soil isn't, it doesn't get compacted. It gets dry It gets dry in the summer and starts cracking and stuff, but I haven't had any compaction issues. But if, you're, if you really do struggle with compaction, that's the time I think you probably yeah. have. But you might ask a professional on that. That's just my opinion, been my experience. I, I've never aerated. I've never felt like I needed to. Yeah, I, I, if I had stayed where I was, in the in North Texas, I was in North Texas, and we did have the clay soil. Yeah, and I that would have been a step that I was I was planning on taking. Yeah, I could see to that. Aerate. And then you know, it, were, you have, of, were you having a problem in a specific area? Not, not so not much, sure. but I, I didn't want to, you know, cause most of it was dirt before Yeah, and I had just gotten the lawn where it was green throughout. And then, you know, that the plan, I probably would have done it this year. I would have aerated and, and sand mm-hmm. leveled after that this yeah. spring, if I, if I had stayed there. Well, if you are going to aerate, the time to do it is not right after you uh, scalp and dethatch. Right. Just so in, in case anybody's wondering, your lawn's going to be stressed then anyway. And so you don't want to put extra stress on the roots. So I would wait until after the lawn starts coming back in, after you've uh, scalped and dethatched, let it start. Once it starts greening up again, then if you are going to aerate, that would be the time. Yeah. I mean, give, it a, give it a few weeks. Definitely don't do it at the same time. Well, that is pretty much everything. We covered uh, a lot of areas today. And I um, hope you guys are finding some value in this. And um, it's just a couple guys who are passionate about our lines. We are excited about our lines. Don't know what we're doing necessarily. We just trial and error. And we've learned over time. And really, when we don't know something, we go to the, the Facebook group, the Remuda Line Dominator Facebook group, and we research it there there's so many people that'll help you if you can't find an answer it's usually most things are already answered but if you can't find an answer you can do a search on that web on that facebook group and uh, you'll typically find several answers in there yeah i i'm a complete novice at this and if it weren't for that group and the knowledge that i get from from all those people on that group that that are experts um know a lot more than i know 
then uh, it, w- it would be a, a lot more difficult for me to maintain yeah. a nice yard. Well, I appreciate everybody that's in the group and um, appreciate you guys listening. Next week, we're going to go into the next tenant. So this week was mow. Next week, we're going to talk about watering. So there's a lot to talk about there. So yeah. come in next week and uh, listen to that. And uh, if you have any questions or anything you want to add to the discussion, please tag us on uh, the Bermuda Lawn Dominators Facebook group. And we'll be looking through there to see if anybody's talking We are uh, excited to keep bringing you this and hope uh, you guys find some value. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good week.